Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Woohoo! Welcome back, Kurt Mortensen, Podcast 262, Maximize Your Influence, as we've been talking about presence. And today we're talking about the allure and the appeal of power and charisma and how to help that presence where people want to be influenced by you while we maximize your influence and your income and your success. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. It's also the place to go for your Persuasion IQ test, for additional product services, InfluenceUniversity.com. And just to leave your feedback or get any additional information. I'm in St. Louis teaching a large pharmaceutical company. We'll leave it at that. And we're talking a lot about persuasion, influence, influencing without authority, persuasive presentation. And I have a group of vomiters. It was like an AA meeting. (laughs) At the beginning, I have people introduce themselves, you know, what department they're in, their greatest influence challenge. And earlier that day, we had talked about vomiting, and it came out to, yes, my name is so-and-so, and and I am a vomiter. (laughs) And that's the first way to fix anything, is to admit to yourself that you've got things to work on, things to change, especially one of the number one complaints out there is vomiting on people, the 17 logical reasons to do it, not very persuasive. Most people get stuck on that. It's a very common blunder. And we worked on that this weekend, and we'll work on it again tomorrow. So shout out to my St. Louis friends and my room of vomiters. <laughs> Some of you don't like that word, but it illustrates what's happening very, very well. So what is that allure, that appeal of power, that presence, that charisma we've been talking about? We're going to get you some more tools this week. only thought we'd spend a couple episodes on presence and charisma and charm and ways to captivate your audience. But the emails coming in are telling me we need to spend more time, and you love this topic. But before we get to that, we've got to get to our blunder, Homer. Don't, don't, don't! All right, those new to the podcast, we do either Persuasion Ninja, something good in the world of persuasion and influence, or the blunder, today's the blunder, where I take my laundry. Or let me clarify, where I used to take my laundry and my dry cleaning. Ha! <laughs> So I'd taken in three or four shirts, and they were good shirts, relatively new shirts, and I've got to have those to travel, so I went to pick them up because the next day I'm on an airplane, and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't find them. So frustrating, had to find some other shirts, even purchased a few shirts, went back the next week. They said, oh, we still can't find them. I'm like, well, you got to find them. like, yeah, we can't, sorry. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you got to find them. I dropped them off. I need my shirts. Sorry, we can't find them. Wow. And we've talked about this type of thing before where these expectations that people have can quickly turn to frustration because frustration comes from unmet expectations, spoken or unspoken. My expectation is give me my shirts. I'll pay for them. I'm happy to pay for them. But that expectation turned to frustration, which quickly turned to anger because they didn't seem to care or take ownership. In this person's mind, it wasn't their fault. I'm like, you lost my shirts. It's your fault. Sorry. And then their solution was not to replace the shirts. 
but they wanted to show me a stack of other shirts that hadn't been claimed and I was welcome to take any ones that I wanted. I don't want somebody else's shirt. What are the chances of finding the right size, right color? Come on, people. You are the blunder not going back because my expectation of getting my shirts back turned to frustration and anger, mostly because of their demeanor, didn't care, not their fault. I'm thinking, uh, your fault. You lost my shirt. You need to make it right. Similar to the blunder we talked about a few weeks ago. Careful. When you sense that they're getting frustrated, your prospect, your audience, you got to find out what their expectations, what's missing. Spoken or unspoken, it might really surprise you that they were expecting to learn X and you're teaching about Y. Even though you've never talked about Y or expected to teach Y, you might need to adjust and fine tune or at least manage those expectations where they eventually learn what they're expecting to learn. From our blunder, we get to go to our geeky, scholarly article of the week. This is from Dr. Reuse Burrow. And I'm hopefully I'm getting those right. In the Journal of Physiology and Behavior, this was done in Japan at the University of Nagoya. Try to pick studies from around the world. The title of this one is How the Dining Room Mirror Might Make You Eat More. Interesting. We know that a lot of influence has evolved at the subconscious level. We've talked about that a lot. They found that people rate the food as tasting better, eat more of it when they eat with other people. So when you're eating with more people, the food tastes better. You eat more than when you're alone. They call it the social facilitation of eating. And that's been around for a while, but they took it to a step further where they have the same effect when you're eating alone, but there's a mirror reflecting at you that you do eat more food. You rate the food better when there's a mirror there. So... If you're on a diet, I think you better get rid of the mirror. If you don't think that the food's going to taste very well, maybe you want to get a mirror. And they found the same thing with all ages, different cultures. There's something about eating with others, eating with the mirror. And especially, it was really augmented with elderly people. They found, of course, elderly tend to eat alone more often. So being around other people or having a mirror tend to really enhance the effect of eating more and liking the food better. And even more interesting is they took out the mirrors and just put up photos of other people eating. So it wasn't a mirror of the person, but they saw other people doing it, kind of a social validation thing, and it still had the same effect. The social facilitation of eating. From Physiology and Behavior and Dr. Raza Bureau. Interesting to think about how little things like that in our surroundings. We talked about the subconscious triggers from Vegas. Was that like 10 episodes ago? Is an interesting thing to understand that most of influence and persuasion involves a subconscious trigger. And of course, I'll post that article at MaximizeYourInfluence.com as we take a deeper dive into the world of presence and today power. Because I got an email from Frank from Nevada. He says, I love your YouTube content. That's how I found your podcast. I've been hitting it like as fast as possible. And hey, Frank, I appreciate that. And shout out to anybody that can hit like. It helps us out. Helps us make it worth all our while. He goes on to talk about, thank you for the podcast. Do appreciate that. And he's been going through Millionaire Psychology, which is an audio series. He says, thank you. Now I feel like I not only persuade others, but I can persuade myself. Kudos to you. 
Appreciate that. Millionaire Psychology, of course, can be found. The product link at Maximize Your Influence. There's our plug for the day. He wants to talk about power. He says, Kurt, you've been talking about charm and presence. Where does power fit in? The authority power. Does that give you presence? Does that give you awe or your position or your title? Where does power fit into the world of charisma and presence? I met Frank down in Nevada, I think it was about six months ago. I do remember you, Frank. I know you don't think I would, but I do, because we did talk about persuasive presentations. And I do remember your presentation. But let's get into power. This is real. And take it a step further. Power does increase your presence. Now, you talked about the two that most people talk about. Of course, there's authority power when you're the boss, when you're the vice president. (laughs) That's why a lot of companies have 20 vice presidents because of the title. So title, position can give you a form of power. Now, there are so many other different forms of power that people don't think about that can increase your charm, increase your presence, increase your charisma that you can tap into. That's the first thing I teach with influencing without authority is realize you have more power than you realize because too many people try to influence up or influence somebody that's equal to them or their prospect, they feel they have more power. No, you have power. If you're feeling powerless, you're going to act powerless. You're going to seem powerless. You're not going to have any presence or any power. Now, I'm not talking about force. I love the what David Hawkins said. wrote a great book on power versus force. He says, power gives life and energy. Force takes those away. So I'm not talking about coercive type things where you're forcing people, making people do it or you're fired. Using a knife or a gun, not that you would, but I mean, that would be this type of force. You have to do it. I'm the boss because I said so. I'm going to do this manipulation, intimidation, all, all here, which do work in the short term for a lot of people. But the short term resentment and rebellion versus long term influence and charisma. So there's a difference here. Now, people get nervous with power because people have corrupted power. Power corrupts. But there are forms of power that can be very beneficial to you that you can use. As you add these forms of power, you are more charismatic and have better presence. Now, it's great when you're the CEO. That's a form of power. It's great when you're the boss. That's a form of power. But that doesn't always happen. So let's talk about the other forms of power. Because we know there are good forms and bad forms of power. And any form of power, you could abuse and manipulate people. That's not what we want. What power does is it increases your ability to persuade and influence. Obviously, a police officer's gun, their uniform increases their ability to persuade. A lawyer's knowledge increases their ability to persuade. Mechanics' knowledge, you know, let's say your blinker fluid is low and you're like, wait a minute. Doesn't exist, by the way. Just take away that power increases your ability to persuade and influence. And the research is fascinating. It's interesting that when you are the expert, and that could be manifested information, knowledge, wisdom, there's very little resistance because you're the doctor, you're the expert, you're the consultant, you know the most, you know more than I do, I trust you. When you're the expert, there's very little resistance and they say, okay, you're the consultant, let's do it. And deep inside, we're programmed subconsciously is we love power. We like to incite the reactions of others. That's where it gets destroyed a lot of times. Again, it could be in our uniform. We know when people ask for donations. I think you've probably seen them at the stoplights. And if you're not from the United States where 
a firefighter will dress up with their boot and say, I need donations to help the fallen firefighters. And nurses have done this and doctors have done this. Police officers have done this. When they're dressed in uniform, it dramatically increases their donations. Even one in New York, this makes no sense. Someone dressed up in a milk person's uniform. So it was just a white uniform, but it obviously was a uniform. And would go around and say, hey, you need to help that person. Can you help them with their meter? When they were in a uniform, a milk person's uniform of all things, they were more likely to help than when they are in street clothes. Even pedestrians at a traffic signal, jaywalk, or committed more violations when they saw somebody who was dressed to represent someone of high authority or social status commit that violation, they were more likely to do it themselves. So bottom line, power increases charisma, your charm, your presence. We've talked about authority power. We've talked about title power. I don't think we really need to explain too much about those. I mean, there are challenges with that. And I've talked about previous podcasts where that authority can destroy people. And I think that's what makes us nervous. The study I mentioned previous podcast of the FAA, they look at airline accidents if they could have been avoided. And they found that 26% could have been avoided if the co-pilot would have said something. They're like, well, they're the pilot. They know more than I do. And this could vary by culture and personality. Well, you know, the ocean's getting close. Well, they're the pilot. You know, I can see fish in the ocean. <laughs> they're the pilot, right? You've got to be very careful. But the main thing I want you to understand here is there's different forms of power you haven't thought about. So before I talk about that, let's talk about things that are diminishing your power. Remember, power increases your ability to influence increases your ability to have charisma and presence. So when you're too serious, you never really smile. Last week we talked about humor and happiness. That can destroy power. Your appearance. Oh, people shouldn't judge on appearance. I'm with you, but they do. How you look. Is your office messy? Does it meet their expectations? That can be part of diminishing your power. That's why when you go to a law office, there's dark wood with books. That's what people expect. The books are fake. We've talked about this because they don't use books anymore. It's all online. But there's an expectation there. There's an appearance there. Hospitals, you probably want painted white because black would not be a good color. So there's something about appearance and expectation. Your power can be destroyed by your presentation skills. Coming across as nervous, reading the PowerPoint, not being prepared. We've talked about this one at length too. Bad presentation skills. Anybody can present but is it persuasive and charismatic? You need to switch that one up. When power goes to your head, you know, I'm the boss. I know more than you. I'm the expert. I'm the best consultant. I won these awards. Being arrogant and condescending can really destroy people's perception of power. And that's the key. This is a perception. This perception could really help you or hurt you. When you use that power to serve yourself instead of serving others, can diminish your power. When you're not showing respect to others, spending the time showing that you know more than them, that you're smarter than them, that you have more money than them, that you're better than them, even if it's not your intent, you could come across that way. It can really hurt your ability to persuade, to have that charisma, to have that presence, to have that power. So those are things that can diminish power. Of course, your goal here is to let's look at some of the positive forms of power. So before you influence anybody, if you want to have presence, if you want to have charisma, you've got to think to yourself, what power do I have? Now let's put title and authority power to the side. It's easier when you have that. Let's say you don't. 
The first one we got to think about is knowledge power. Are you the expert? Now, this can be a perception. Are you the expert? Are you coming across as the expert? Are you acting like the expert? Not in an arrogant, condescending way, but are you being accepted as the expert? So knowledge is a form of power, especially in large corporations. When you're influencing up, you know more about your department, about the project, about your people than the CEO does. That's power. That's knowledge power. Maybe the power is your relationship. If you're influencing up or to the side or meeting someone for the first time, your connection, your relationship is a form of power. Sometimes you might know them so well, say, it doesn't matter if you don't get it, just do it for me. I need help on this one is enough. So relationship, charisma is a form of power, your trust, your credibility is a form of power. If someone else can introduce you, recommend you, we've talked about this before, You've been there for 10 years. You've solved other people's problems. You're working off referrals or recommendations or testimonials. That is a form of power. So we talked about a few episodes ago, your passion. Your passion is a form of power. The more passion you're driving that energy and enthusiasm to your audience is a form of power. Now, I'm not going to go down the complete list, but power is real. Something that you can do to become more influential, more charismatic, and have more presence. Even little things like what can you exchange as a form of power? Maybe you can loan them somebody from your team, something from your budget, space, help them with a project. Even when you can exchange things or or use reciprocity can be a form of power. This is real. Before you persuade anybody, think about what power do you have? Is it knowledge? Is it your charisma, your trust, your relationship? Is it something you can exchange? Are you the expert? Maybe it is your title or your authority. Or maybe it's all the above. That's even better as you persuade and influence. And if you want to take a deeper dive in the world of power, did an interview with Ben Voyer on podcast 209. You're welcome to go back to Influence University and take a look at the free archives. Of course, the advanced course there. The advanced PhD program to really teach you all of these skills. We're on social media at Pinterest and Instagram at Max Influence. Frank, hopefully that answered your question about power. You can get more information about those at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Please send your emails to Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Recommend your friends, family, and enemies like the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Really appreciate that. Master these skills, become more powerful, get more presence, get more charismatic, and go out and persuade with power.